I'm your host, Eric Tate. On the show this week, Nick LaCapo talks to me about the brand new rubber band trick from Joe Reinfleisch, Dino. The main event is another one of my interviews from Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm talking to Lynetta Welch, and she's got some great stories about Johnny Thompson and how she built the very first Twister illusion. But first, Muggles on Magic returns. This week, I talk to Laura, who recounts a magic trick from the one and only Lance Burton. Laura, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Muggles on Magic. Now, just so the audience knows, you and I do have a pre-existing relationship. We've been friends for a long time, and uh, we're comedians who work together, and you are a fantastic hairstylist who does my hair. Oh, thank you. Uh, and uh, uh, But you are not a magician. I am not a magician. You don't, you don't, uh, you you casually engage in magic, but you don't actively know any secrets or anything. I know like no that. secrets. I have a terrible memory, so if I did know them, I'd forget them all. Tell me about your favorite magic trick you've ever seen. Um, well, okay, so I think, so my favorite magician of all time is Lance Burton, and I've been in love with him since I was literally probably about the time I saw this trick. Yeah. Um, so I think it was in 1993 when mm-hmm. it was like really popular to put uh, magic on TV. Oh, yep, yep. And uh, he had just made a train disappear, and then the next thing he did was he was able to con millions of American parents into giving their children money. Okay. <laughs> he had he had parents give their children money? Or he was sneaking into houses and putting money under pillows. I'm not sure which one, but... So, so what, what was the effect that happened? Was uh, the, so he would have all of these kids take a penny and put a penny in their hand, and they yeah. had to squeeze the penny between their hands. Yeah. Uh, and say Lance Burton like 10 times. Yeah. Uh, it also probably sold him a lot of stuff, but uh, then you put the pill- the pennies under your pillow. Yeah. And uh, the next day you'd wake up and there'd be money there. Did it work for you? It worked for me. So and but you did, did you know how it was done at the time? I or? did not know how it was done. I really thought that like Lance Burton had brought me money. <laughs> I was really hoping that was what was going to happen. So I was putting pennies under my pillows for years, hoping that Lance was coming. So, but in your case, like you you put a penny under your pillow and you woke up the next morning and it was a quarter? I put like five pennies and I woke up and it was like $10. Are you, you so, wow. Okay. So do you remember, like, did you have to like leave the room to put the penny like right under your pillow right then or? Uh, it, I think it was just that night. I think, okay. well, you might've put it under there right then. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know the rest. Okay, but so, but for the effect for you was that you squeezed a penny, said Lance Burton's name ten times, yeah. and then in the morning there was like ten bucks. There under was your pillow. ten bucks under my pillow, and like that's uh, maybe that's why I love him so much because I, somehow I have an extra ten dollars. Well, I don't have it anymore, but an extra ten dollars. Yeah. Uh, but it was so clever, and he was wonderful. I mean, he it, made a train disappear, and I remember the pennies. You, oh, okay. So you you don't even remember like the setup or like how the tra- how the trains like disappeared. You were because you remember the penny tricks so much. Yeah. And uh, and that is stuck with you to this day. Yeah. That's awesome. that's what I think about when every time I talk to another magician. I'm like, oh, but the pennies. Uh, well, thanks so much. I that's a really great memory to have, and also like an interesting like hearing you relate a trick from your childhood is right. really interesting. And you don't and you don't remember him like talking to the parents or anything like that is just no he was just really hoping that maybe they were there and listening or he was really a magician and a wizard and encouraging them you know so i was watching it with my parents that's fantastic laura thanks so much for joining me here yeah, on thanks for uh, having me. muggles under magic muggles on magic
after our conversation, I decided to track down the effect that Laura remembers. It appeared in the Lance Burton's 1996 television special, The Legend Begins. And if you hunt around on YouTube, you can actually find it and watch the original version of what Laura saw. It happens about 25 minutes into the special, and Lance doesn't send the kids out of the room. He hints very heavily to the parents at home how to make the magic work. He then follows that up with a video game-inspired appearance and disappearance of one of his assistants. Here's a spoiler alert for an episode that will air in the end of April. The beginning of that special is The Vanish of a Herd of Elephants, and I'll be talking to Lance Burton himself right here on the podcast, so be sure to stay tuned. Now on to the main event. Lynetta Welch is the owner and mystical seamstress behind Fabric Manipulations. She is a performing magician, but also is widely regarded as the secret sauce behind some of the best magical effects that require special sewing. Lance Burton has said she makes the best egg bag in the world. Dean Dill once said her items are first class, and magic publisher Todd Carr has said he was blown away by her work. I caught up with Lynetta in Las Vegas, and now you get to join our conversation. Lynetta Walsh, thank you so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I, uh, uh, we are very closely, we're good friends with the Shazam Podcast, and when they found out I was coming to Vegas, I was like, hey, who should I talk to? And they said one name, and it was Lynetta Welch. <laughs> and so I had to get you on the podcast because you are, you're like this seamstress, sorceress <laughs> who is doing all kinds of amazing things. Fabric Manipulation is your company, and yes. it, you, you produce the only egg bag that Johnny Thompson would use. Well, it, it's Johnny Thompson's egg bag. Oh, it's, it's the it's, one it's, that Johnny and Charlie Miller created together. Oh, okay. And so kind of, I call it the legacy, Malini yes. egg bag, because what I was told was it went from Malini mm-hmm. to Charlie mm-hmm. to Johnny to me. Wow. So it's, and Johnny gave that to me and mm-hmm. gave me the exclusive rights to manufacture it and yeah, that, that that's really wild. I I got to work with Johnny just very briefly when I was on Fool Us. So, but yeah. I can imagine that you probably did quite a bit of uh, things with Johnny. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with him. I, yeah, he was he was teaching me the egg bag. Mm-hmm. Um, there are only two women, I believe, that mm-hmm. um, he's taught it to. It's mm-hmm. Joan Decor and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that's so cool yeah so he wanted to teach it to me because um i lecture and Mm -hmm. i talk about the egg bag and everything in my lecture and he wanted to make sure that when i i talked about it and taught it that i was teaching the proper handling Mm -hmm. of it and so he he he, he was like i really want to make sure that you that i teach you my handling Mm -hmm. so that you can then pass it pass it on to other people how did you end up meeting johnny and, and getting involved with the egg bag I um, had moved from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. and I was starting fabric manipulation. Mm -hmm. And um, with Pop Hayden, Mm -hmm. uh, was a good friend of mine, and he called me and he said, Johnny Thompson's looking for someone to make his egg bag. Would you be interested? And I said, "Uh, yeah, I would be interested. (laughs) No, no, Um, no. I have nothing to do with that, man. So so Johnny came over to my place, and uh, we, we got along really well. I originally had met Johnny in 1983 mm-hmm. and he loved to tell people about when we first met. We first met at um, a show that NHK was putting together mm-hmm. called the Magic Olympics or something like that. Yeah. Now Johnny didn't remember that, that first meeting. What he remembered was I think it was two years later in 85 I was mm-hmm. working uh, CES mm-hmm. here in town and I had built an illusion 
and it was like a computer box back when yeah. computer monitors were big square boxes. And so I built this thing and um, it was placed on top of a table and opened up and my head was floating in it. And so it was this whole mirror thing, the table opened up, all this stuff. Yeah. And um, I was married to a magician mm -hmm. at the time. I'll go ahead and say the name and get it over yeah. with, yeah. Alonzo. And oh, so, okay. and I, uh, actually, the last time I worked at Magic Castle, Ed was in the palace. Oh, yeah? yeah. And so Johnny says to Ed, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then he told him that I was who had built this mm -hmm. thing. And so Johnny, knowing this, was blown away that yeah. I built illusions. I also I yeah. built the first Twister illusion, too. So we can come back to that later. Uh, but, hang on, hang on. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to Johnny. Yeah. Um, so Johnny came over to my house. Mm -hmm. And what he brought me was he brought me Charlie Miller's egg bag mm -hmm. and said, can you make this? Like he brought Charlie, Charlie Miller's, Miller's egg Charlie bag. Miller's egg yeah, bag. Yeah, not not just like a like a someone who no, made a Charlie. It was it, it was, was the... Charlie Miller's egg bag, <laughs> yeah. and said, yeah. "Can you duplicate it?" Yeah. Now, when you've got Charlie Miller's egg bag, you can't take a stitch ripper no. and take it apart and analyze it and figure it out. Yeah. So I literally had to sit and feel it. Mm -hmm. And I closed my eyes, I swear it was two days, of just sitting and feeling this bag and trying to deconstruct it. And then I made it. And honestly, I got it wrong like 20 times. Yeah. I, 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 I have the stack mm -hmm. of bags to remind myself that I literally made 20 egg bags mm -hmm. before I got it right. When I finally got it right, I called Johnny and he came over. Now, did he and, teach you the egg bag before you started to sew it so that you oh, could understand it? Oh, or? no. No. He only, it was only within the past couple of years okay. that he, in fact, I was still working with mm -hmm. him. Um, he, he had told me we have one more lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, and, and that just, I don't know, we just, um, uh, we, we just got along so great and mm -hmm. I, it's funny to think of me the first couple times when I'm like Johnny Thompson's yeah. in my living room yeah. and I'm wanting to jump up and down yeah. like a little kid yeah. uh, and then Pam came over with him and I'm like ah! and I don't know if anybody was ever around the two of them together but it was quite an experience and it yeah. whoa yeah. <laughs> they're two very uh, strong personalities indeed um, so uh I don't normally talk to people about how they got into magic because that's not what this podcast is mm -hmm. about. But you were telling me that you used to sneak into the magic castle. Yeah, I did. Is that is that sort of how you got involved? No, no, it's actually not. I'm yeah. like a lot of the guys out there. I had yeah. my Marshall Brodeen magic kits and my TV magic cards okay. and all of that when I was like, se I think seven years like mm -hmm. years old. I got my first one. Nine years old, I got my yeah. second one. And around that same time, I think I was like in junior high okay uh that's the same time um i i started learning to sew my parents okay. had gone to a yard sale so the sewing and the magic sort of grew hand in hand together. they did it, okay. it was well because that's what i'm trying to get at here is how because you're, you're really well <laughs> um, known uh, among a lot of illusionists and a lot of magicians for the the stuff that you can make happen with fabric yeah, and I have a weird brain. Yeah, and so I was just wondering how those two things sort of came together because it's a really interesting uh, marriage of skills. Yeah. It it kind of just 
evolved. Mm -hmm. My life kind of evolved into that mm -hmm. because like I said, I had, was learning, you know, had my magic kits and everything. I didn't know there were magic stores or mm -hmm. clubs or anything like that. I would get the, from highlights mm -hmm. magazines in the summer, they would have where you could order books. Yeah. And so every year there'd be like one, you know, so I would order the one magic yeah. book that was in there and I had my magic kits. But then when I was nine, my mm -hmm. parents went to a yard sale mm -hmm. and there was a singer sewing machine for sale. My parents called me and said, we will, um, how do they say, we'll buy this sewing machine for you. And if you babysit and pay off the sewing machine, we'll pay for sewing lessons. Oh, so okay. I did that. Yeah. I, they bought the sewing machine. I paid them back for it and they bought me mm -hmm. sewing lessons. And so I, I learned that early on. Now it was kind of put aside and then I was, I got really into magic in uh, 83, 82, 83, mm -hmm. around there, I was hired to work at an amusement park oh, okay. in Arkansas called Dog Patch USA. Yeah. And Chuck Jones mm -hmm. was, he was hired to put an illusion show in and Ed Alonzo was hired to be the magician. Mm -hmm. And they asked if I wanted to uh, be the assistant in the show mm -hmm. and I said, uh, no. I said, I'm, I'm a magician. Why, I, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm not, I'm going to do all the work and some guy's going to take all the credit for it. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested mm -hmm. in, in doing that. And they said, well, well, we know you like magic. Will you at least fill in? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll fill in. And then I kind of had eyes on the magician and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. well, maybe I'll go ahead and uh, mm -hmm. do this full time. Mm -hmm. And then when the uh, summer was over, mm -hmm. I moved to L.A. So you mentioned there briefly uh, a rather shocking statement, uh, I built the first Twister illusion. <laughs> yeah. uh, could, could touch on that a little bit because th there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of controversy about it. Sorry to interrupt, but this week's show is brought to you by Dino. Nick LaCapo and I discussed one of the most exciting rubber band magic discoveries in over a decade. Nick, I am really excited for this one because uh, this is one that I actually edited the tutorial for. You and did the entire way the the as we were, as I was producing it, I was like, oh man, this is the secret is so satisfying to do. Joe Reinfleisch is like the the all-time master of rubber band magic right? I, for our podcast listeners uh nick just looked over his shoulder to make sure dan harlan wasn't standing up that's true him. is dan still here no he's not here um man i like he you know uh, before we talk about the trick he's got to be one of my favorite magicians if i have a friend with me and mm -hmm. joe's around i just want joe to show them magic yeah. right because he just the stuff he does only he does well anybody can do his material but like it's just so different to see joe do rubber band magic anyway yeah. A dinos. It's it's a rubber band through hand, rubber band through spectator's arm. Well, it's it's and it's like a three phase routine that is just wild looking. I mean, let's talk about this for a second because that download, just like any of Joe's downloads, there's yeah. like how many tricks are on there? Oh, th yeah. Uh, like there's one. There's a there's a little extra bonus in there that is worth the price of the download itself. Well, the, the rubber band through hand. Well, that's what I'm trying to yeah. get at. Is like. You know, every time I see Joe's downloads, there's like a nine million tricks on there, right? Yeah. And then there's one. If you if you're listening to this, go watch the Dinos D Y N O S uh, trailer. At the end, you will see a rubber band go through a spectator's arm mm -hmm. that just looks 
completely impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, when you know, when I see that stuff, I you know, because I'm, I'm familiar with rubber band methods, I'm like oh, it's got to have some crazy hookup. Man, when I learned what the method is, I mean, this is this is an all time classic in my opinion. Yeah, I, like I don't. This is one of the best rubber band secrets that I've ever seen. Joe showed this to me at 4F and taught me how to do it, and I was like, "This is crazy. I'm never going to be able to do this." And like within 10 minutes, I was doing it, and I'm like, I can't stop smiling when I do it because it's so satisfying to perform. When you hit it, you're just like, "Oh, like, this is crazy." Yeah, if you're out there and you're listening to this. I'm telling you right now, there is no what when he wraps that rubber band around the spectator's arm, it's wrapped around the spectator's arm. It's legit. Arm. It's, it's super legit. He's not doing any tr- anything tricky underneath there. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, killer method. Props to Joe Reinfleisch. He's the best. That was Dino by Joe Reinfleisch, available on PenguinMagic.com. Now back to my conversation with Lynetta Welch. So you mentioned there briefly uh, a rather shocking statement. Uh, I built the first twister illusion. <laughs> yeah. uh, could, could touch on that a little bit because th- there's there's, uh, there's a lot of controversy about it. That um, is, yeah. I did not expect you to walk into this mobile studio and, and <laughs> drop uh, some of that on me. So I'll tell you the story how I know the story. Yeah, I'd love to and hear it. The way I know the story is um, we were hired to do. Uh, an illusion show with Franz Harari. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franz had put together these shows, and I can't remember the electronic store. It was electronic store all over the United States. Yeah. And every year they'd do these big promos and they mm-hmm. would do these big shows. Mm-hmm. And we were do. I, I built this, uh, we called it the Spiker Illusion. It was a small, uh, combining a sword box and the Spiker Illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, basic principle of the sword box down the middle of it. Yeah. Franz came to the show and he said, you know what, I've always had this idea. He said, have you ever seen the trade show gag where you put your hands through the mirrors mm-hmm. and it looks like it's just these hands mm-hmm. floating in there? He said, I've always wanted to take that idea and put a head twister box on top of it. Okay. And we were like, oh, this is such a great idea. You know, yeah. we're just starting to work on this geek act. And mm-hmm. we we're like, oh my gosh, this is this would be perfect mm-hmm. for this. So Franz loaned us the head twister mm-hmm. that he had because he had the he had come up with the idea. As far as I know, it's Franz's idea. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know, but where the hair comes down. Oh, yes. So it's not that, a solid back on it. That it you, really it actually sells looks it. like you have the hair yeah. back there. Um, and, and so... We said, "Oh, can we can we borrow that?" And he said, "He said yes." And so, in the underground parking garage of my apartment mm-hmm. um, in Los Angeles, uh, I built this twister illusion, and we did it at uh, what was the? Um, it's magic. Yeah, we did it. It is. Oh magic. yeah, the the um, the Larson family. Yeah, back when it was at the Variety Arts Theater yeah. downtown, we wanted to surprise Franz with it, mm-hmm. and Franz wasn't surprised. He was mad. We thought permission had been given to do it. Oh, Franz thought he he hadn't. To this day. Mm-hmm. I still think permission was given. Yeah, um, it was not meant to. You know, it, yeah. it, it, you know. You were just building something yeah, to do it. Yeah, because we had said they. I, I think both guys forgot I was in the room mm-hmm. for all the conversations. Yeah, but I was. I was there. Yeah, I was there when it was sketched out on a napkin. I'm mm-hmm. who got in the little spiker box, sticking mm-hmm. my hands through, pretending like you know. Yeah, uh, twisting up you know a shirt and putting it in front of mm-hmm. you know the seam, all that. Uh, and 
I I was there, and yeah. it was. I'm putting this geek act together. Um, uh, this would be perfect. Is it okay? And yeah. the response was yes, as long as you know I'm going to do it too. Gotcha. That yeah. I've got a pretty good long-term memory like that. Yeah. I'm pretty good at remembering conversations I've had mm-hmm. with people. And that that's what, what was said. Mm-hmm. Um, now, then all this controversy went on. Who came up with it? Who, you know, all mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. So I start researching. Because mm-hmm. all these people were saying they had come up with it. This person here. And it, it seemed a lot of people out of Michigan came mm-hmm. up with it. Um, no, Michigan's a cold, dark place. People, yeah. you know, people have to yeah. come up do something. And but the one name that kept coming up was mm-hmm. Lou Lancaster. Okay, and everybody's like, it couldn't have been Lou. He was a close-up guy. I'm like, no, it was Lou Lancaster. And I called him. Mm-hmm. It just out of the blue. I looked him up in the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. That's a book we used to have where we'd look people's phone numbers. I up. think um, I think mentalists use it to generate yeah. random yeah. phone numbers or yeah. random numbers is, yeah. what, is what a phone book is for. <laughs> Actually, I think I called information because he was in <laughs> Vegas and I was in LA at the yeah. time. Uh, and anyway, I called him, and his response was, "I don't ever want to talk about this," and he hung up on me. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, I'm the one person who's trying to give the guy credit." And so years later, I I got to know Lou, and I was like, "Lou, why did you hang up on me? I was the only person at the time trying to give you credit for this." And uh, and I said, "I promise, I will, I will go to my grave telling people yeah. that the original idea was your idea because it was." Once I sat and talked to him, I, I knew it was his. Uh, so I want to shift gears a little bit because I mean, so I can tell you this is not the last time I'm ever going to have you on the podcast because <laughs> it sounds like you have so many awesome stories. Uh, but you are going to be in England very soon. Yes. Uh, you, I, I think this is the first place it's been announced. Or uh, this is this will oh. be the, the I have not told people I will be lecturing at Blackpool this year. That is so exciting. Um, I have a lecture that's called The History of Fabric and Magic, mm-hmm. and I started around 1500 mm-hmm. and followed tricks up until today and how a lot of them have evolved Mm -hmm. because even like the devil's hank yeah it was the first reference to it i found was in 15 the 1500s and so people don't don't realize that i found um uh and the first egg bag Mm -hmm. that i've been able to find was a a knitted stocking cap with a a hidden pocket in it and that dates back to around 15 1600 so a lot of these a lot of tricks that we do that we utilize today mm-hmm. uh, I've I found oh man and so it to me it's you know at first I thought am I the only person who thinks this is fun but uh, I think I th- it's pretty interesting I think it sounds like a magnificent lecture right. and I unfortunately I won't be at Blackpool but I know <laughs> other members of the Penguin team will be so I'm, I expect to get a full report from yeah them. I'm looking forward to it yeah. I'm, I'm very very excited well thanks so much it. thanks so much for spending some time with me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast I look forward to talking with you in the oh, future yeah. and thanks for sharing the Twister Illusion stories oh, that sure. was really great yeah and I have more stories I can tell you down the road excellent <laughs> That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Lynetta for the great conversation, and thanks to you for listening. Real quick before we go, a big apology to Lynetta. You probably caught at the end us talking about her upcoming appearance at Blackpool. This interview was supposed to come out last week before Blackpool, and I screwed up the dates in my notebook. That is my bad, and I will do my best to do better in the future. Hopefully we'll have Lynetta back on soon. She has some other fantastic stories. Any one of our listeners who saw her lecture, please drop me a line and let me know what you thought. Lynetta is so knowledgeable about the history of our art, and I am sure it was awesome. 
Now, on to the business of making this show better for you. Some of our eagle-eyed listeners out there may have noticed that I'm doing chapter markers now. If your podcast app supports it, you can get hyperlinks to things mentioned on the show, such as a direct link to Lynetta's website so you can find out more about fabric manipulations and the other great magic she has available. Next week on the show, you are going to want to tune in because I managed to track down and get a few minutes of Kaylin Morelli's time. The elusive young magician who set social media on fire with some of his viral videos tells me just what he's up to these days. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so please subscribe and leave some reviews on your podcatching app of choice. If you wanted to talk to me about anything you heard on this week's show, be sure to train my new puppy Rocco how to send it to me via Morse code when wagging his tail. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform.